Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Greetings, it's Hugh Ballou. We're in this this session of the Nonprofit Chat, which becomes the Nonprofit Profit Exchange podcast, and we've had a series of really good interviews, and tonight is no exception. We've got um, special guests tonight, Shannon Grunich. Shannon is a dear friend, and we collaborate a lot together, and Shannon has presented at my uh, leadership empowerment symposiums multiple times, and each time she adds more and more value to what I do. So, Shannon Welcome to the Nonprofit Chat. Thank you so much for having me. I love the work that you do and really appreciate all of the individuals that you've touched in my life with your um, skill of how to build a high-performance team and how to collaborate and, and all that you do. So thank you, Hugh. Great. Great. Well, you've got, thank you. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, we're better when we work with good people and uh, uh, I enjoy the collaboration that we share. Um, I know things about you. You do a lot of things. You produce events and and you get sponsorships and you do a number of things. Tonight, our channel is about creating the documents and the story to get picked up for for free publicity. So tell tell us a little bit about your background in doing this and and how did you come to this level of expertise that you're going to share with us tonight? Perfect. Thank you. That's a great question. So I've always been um, doing events and bringing people together. Ever since I was in high school, I would throw parties and bring people together. And when I when I started my uh, doing events, I looked at you know the marketing budget and and the expense of that and and how to grow that because a lot of times we would spend you can spend money on marketing and not get the results you want and. We were doing a local here com- conference here in Florida. We were getting about 500 attendees, which is an incredible amount of individuals, but started studying how do we get picked up by the TV and radio and, and print and ended up kind of cracking the code for um, developing a press release that anybody can do. Anybody that, you know, don't have to be a great writer. Uh, you don't have to um, be a nonprofit, even even though this is for nonprofits, and you actually have an edge um, because of your nonprofit status. But we were able to use this system, and our event in in one press release went from 500 to 2,000 attendees, and the article got pr- picked up in multiple places. So. Um, and since then, have helped you know attain millions of dollars in free publicity for not only multiple events but multiple projects and and individuals and um, and lots of variations in between. Now, <clears throat> you have a book on this topic. What's the book called? Media Magic, and uh, attract limitless TV, radio, print uh, publicity. Media Magic and. Um, where, where can people find it? I guess you can find the book on Amazon? Yes, you can find it on Amazon. And if you get it there, Hugh, I always say email me, which is in the back of the book, your receipt, because I will give you a free copy of a training with Jay Abraham's Ghostwriter that is just powerful. So if you get it from Amazon, 
um, send me the receipt or you can go to my website shannongronich.com and then you instantly get that recording too. Great. That's a, that's a super offer. And I, I know your content is absolutely stunning and it absolutely works. Now this, this publicity thing, uh, in my first book I wrote moving spirits, building lives, I had a chapter on publicity. And when I worked, um, in St. Pete, I, I developed relationships with all the media, personal relationships. So when I sent in my, my announcements, they knew who it was from and I knew how to make it complete. So they would be able to print it. It's, they said that that was very rare because people would give them stuff in all kind of form and there'd be things missing, uh, like what time the event was and where to go on the properties where it was. So I, I developed a template that had a checklist of important things. But I also found that <clears throat> um, a lot of people, and I, this was in church music, and I had, I had um, open events that were accessible and, by everybody. So it was important for me to get the word out. I do find that many years, publicity was an afterthought. And if you wait till the week before, it's just too late. Um, and I find that's a common thread with people running a charity or running a, some sort of church program. We're so busy producing the event that we forget about the publicity. So let me run a paradigm by you. I, I encourage people to appoint someone in the organization to be in charge of communications, which would include pre-event publicity, would include internal and external communications, so that it, there'd be one person to sort of develop the system. And that person needs to have certain qualifications. Do you find that that works in, in groups if you've worked with that there's some person dedicated to sharing information? Absolutely. Um, and, and whoever's dealing with the event, whether it be the marketing coordinator, kind of like you're saying in charge of the marketing or the event coordinator, they do need to um, look at that, that plan. So, and you've hit on a sore spot for a lot of people. I've had people call me in 10 days before the event. Now, now we've worked miracles and we've done things in the daily, but ideally if you're looking at a project and you can be 120 days out or 90 days out, then you can start building those relationships for publications, trade magazines. Um, some people do bi-monthlies, monthlies, quarterlies. I know if you're looking at, we have a beautiful magazine here in our area and it comes out four times a year. So you have to plan way ahead to get into their calendar events or articles or anything like that. You know, we just dropped our Facebook feed. So I'm going to, I'm going to do that while you're, while you're talking. Um, would you, um, would you talk a little bit about that timeline, I, I encourage people to go backwards from the event. And when you're thinking about all these different um, types of publications, um, it's a challenge because magazines have, have a different kind of lead time. So it's the publication day, like you pointed out, but there's also different kinds of lead time. And there's, there's a, a, a flow with this. So talk about working backwards from the event. Um, yeah, abs absolutely. And, and then I want to be certain to share the six essentials too that go with it. So working backwards, um, you know, I always invite people, one of our greatest assets is our media list. We hear our greatest asset is our contact list and, and our contacts, which is absolutely true. And another huge asset is our media list. So with the media list, um, I use a simple Excel sheet. I also have them in my CRM system, but I use a simple Excel sheet that has name, 
publication deadlines, um, key, you know, key contacts, but also I target writers or contributors because um, they, they can sometimes get us into publications uh, easier or expedite that process. So at least, you know, you want to, when you start creating that list, find out where do you want to be. And, and locally seems to be the easiest. You do want to have on your, your vision board or your, you know, you, definitely you can use this system to target big publications and magazines. However, um, starting local, local and getting that media list together is key and find out who does quarterly, who does, um, you know, monthly, weekly, daily, uh, what is the radio show? Sometimes shows, I think you do this chat once a week and you probably book it out a few months in advance. So, so whatever, whatever you're doing, and I even know radio hosts that are booked out six months in advance. So the, the more lead time you can give, the better. But it, it, with an event, I like to have at least 120 days to start building those relationships. Now, as you have a relationship with the media, it's a lot easier. You can do exactly like you said, Hugh, and say, hey, I've got something that's coming in. You already know their timeline and, um, and can work within it. But especially if you're building that new relationship, you do need a little bit longer. Absolutely. And even, and we're, I used to worry about bothering people with my stuff, but it's their job. They're looking for stuff. And we're actually helping them do their job. Is that right? Yes, yes. There is, there is thousands of dollars worth of free publicity with everybody who's watching this name on it right now. They are looking for stories. Now, they're not looking for free advertising. They're not, you know, this is, this is where there's that fine line, but they are looking for good, st good stories. And I focus on these three primary things. Now we've all heard of negative news and things like that, which those do, you know, you can buy in and, and tap into some of that for the stories. But the three that I focus on is education, um, community outreach, which that's where a lot of events tie in or community give back. What are you doing in the community? And then human interests. They love human interest, overcoming adversity, um, challenges that, that somebody may have. Uh, you may ask, what does this have to do with the nonprofit? How is this going to benefit me? Well, when people see Hugh Ballou, you know, has, has overcome, Hugh, I don't, I, <laughs> I, I'm sitting here going, I was going to say something you've overcome, but I've never really heard, hear, heard you overcome much challenge. Any challenges? Anyways, um, they, when they hear that, then they're going to look and go, "I need to know more about Hugh. Let me let me connect with him. And who is this individual?" Well, I'm getting <laughs> over. I'm getting over being bashful. <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, and um, there, you've you've hit on a subject which is so key. Uh, Russell David Dennis has joined us, and welcome, Russell. Um. I like I like his three names. He doesn't usually use them, but I, I think it has a, has a rhythm to it. Um, I um, I I ran a pretty good music program in in a major church in St. Pete, Florida, across across Florida from where you are in Melbourne, and um, I did really good events. And there was a person that was in. I had relationships with uh, the writers for music, the critics. I had writers that did technical stuff for. Had a business. St. Pete Times was my customers. So St. Pete Times had different people that did different writing for different topics. And so I, I built a relationship with all of them. And there was one time I had Sir David Wilcox, the Queens musician coming from England. And we were doing this big deal concert. And I sent in my announcement to the calendar listing 
just modestly sending it in. And that person sent it back to me and says, we can't publicize it. It's a church event. It's not of general interest. So I went to the music critic and they jumped on it, did a personal interview. And I had a front page picture of the rehearsal of Sir David and my choir and an article, which was much better than a calendar listing. And this guy being a music critic knew this was a, a nationally renowned conductor that we were bringing to St. Pete, Florida, and they jumped on it. So it was to their advantage to, uh, to run the story, which they did. And it didn't fit one person's model, but it fit another person's model. So I could have gone back to her and gone, nah, 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 but I didn't because it didn't fit her model, but it did fit the other model. So just because somebody says no doesn't mean, like you said, you've got different people that have different slants. So we can go to a different place and it might be of interest to them. Do you have a story around, it's not doing an in run, but it's really finding the fit, I guess would be the proper thing to say. Yeah, and I, and so, you know, a lot of people say, well, what do you say? You've got the press release, you've got all the press kit together, what do you do? And that's where in the media list, I do identify multiple people. And you know how we have a bullseye and we aim for a dart? Well, I imagine having a, a handful or a fistful of bullseyes and I send them out to multiple people. And I say, I'm not sure where this goes, maybe you can direct me. And most of the time when it gets to where it's going, they, they have heard about it from different locations. So it tends to have a little more impact or attention. The other thing I think is important is to know that you're sending it to the real person. You've, you've checked to make sure that it's the right person and you've spelled their name correctly. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm old school on picking up the phone as much as possible and getting their permission and letting them know that, that to expect it. Um, also to follow up and expect multiple no's. No, I didn't get it. No, I didn't read it. No, I'm, it's the wrong department. No, we don't want to print it. Um, you know, my biggest success was where I got rejected like 13 times and they ended up calling me when they were going to print and they said that they um, had remnant space, one page. Once they got the layout, they realized that they had one space, ended up doing a full profile picture and an entire article. Love it. That is amazing. That is amazing. So Robert Green's on here. Nancy's on here. Sandy, hi. Renee, hi. Arthur, hi. Um, you mentioned, you just kind of slid by something here. I'm going to come back to the press kit. What is that? So um, that's a great question. That's the six things that we talked about as far as in the title. I think that there's six things that are essential to be ready for the media. And some, you know, the, the first thing is your, your press release, having what it is that you're doing. And I've got a simple system that's one page, double space, title at the top. Um, it's, it's very much a story focused as opposed to advertising. You even quote yourself as an expert. And when you quote yourself as an expert, I encourage people, like I wouldn't say Shannon, the author of Media Magic. I would just say Shannon, author and um, marketing strategist or something very general because when, the, when they look at it and if they see that it looks like you want free press, then there's a higher chance of it ending up in the trash. So we keep it very simple. So the press, the press release is one thing that you want to have ready to go because when you call them or you connect with them, they're going to say, send it over. The other thing is um, I, I like people to have ready their expert power bio. Uh, expert power bio, and I, I say power because this is, you know, this is a story about you. 
Uh, if you're a nonprofit, this can be a story about your, your board or individuals that are involved in it. But having this ready tends to get people to pay attention and notice who you are. Um, and you're not having to sell yourself. Uh, the third thing, company pieces. You know, do you have brochures, business cards, having those items ready to, to send out a notice? Is there an event flyer that you're working with? Um, sample PR. So sample PR that you've been a part of. If you've been on radio, radio TV articles, sample things that you've contributed uh, is great. And then also the, the next one is things that have been written about you, that third party um, writing. So those are, those are other items. And the last two uh, is your order form. Having now, I don't always send this in with a press release, I'm not saying, but having that ready because uh, a lot of times individuals want to know what do you offer? Tell me a little bit more about who you are and what you, what you offer. And so having that ready so they can get an overview is key. And the last thing is action photos. Action photos are you um, in action. I know that we want to update our headshots <laughs> and we want to have those, but do not send those in with a press release. You're really wasting your time unless they ask specifically for a headshot. And you always want to do what they say to do as opposed to what I say to do. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm teaching you a format that's worked, but you want to follow what they say, number one, but action photos. Hugh, can I share a little story about action photos? I love why it. That's you know, I had a photo career previously, and I see a lot of really stupid pictures. And, you know, people standing around smiling is not printable. It's not very interesting. So um, action photos, what happened with, with me was, I, you know, when I was first learning this formula, I, they said, please, do you have any photos? Oh, yes, I sent a headshot. And all I got was a real small, you know, article. And, and that was it. And so I started looking at, like, what are they really looking for? And the next time when they asked if I had an action photo, I was like, yes, let me put this together. And it was literally me and a woman standing in front of, you know, standing in front of a, um, a booth or a, a display. And I'm looking at a brochure pointing at it with her. So this was our was our action photo, um, and they gave us a quarter page for the photo, and then a quarter page for the article, and it was huge. They really love uh, things that make them stand out. So I send in a few things when we submit the press release, so they can choose and connect with an image. That's awesome. That's a good. That's a really good list, and I want to make sure we get a <clears throat> get a, a numbered list and put it on the the, the um, people listening to this. Um, uh, on the podcast, it's the nonprofit exchange. We'll put notes there and put a link to your site and uh, a link to your email. So you can email the receipt. They can email a receipt and get the free stuff you promised. So if I heard you right, nonprofits stand a good chance of getting free publicity because of the kinds of work that we do. Did I hear that correctly? Absolutely. Okay. Everybody. Yeah, but you, but nonprofits have it have an advantage because many times they hit, you know, they hit all three of those things: the human interest, the community, and then the education. And if you can even tie in all three, that's even more powerful. But it only takes one. And you talked about the bio, and um, I guess there's a whole methodology around that, and you speak to that in your book. But why, why are the leader and team bios, um, why are they important? 
for 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 getting free publicity and does that re lead to more attendance more donations you know what's the net result and why do we want to have those bios included yeah so with the bio and and Hugh I think I did get your permission I'm gonna actually give them my 12-step system for free so oh. if they go to shannongranich.com um, forward slash power bio that's shannongranich.com forward slash power bio they can get the 12-step system that I take it through, but I, I need to update it. There's actually a 13th step, which is listing your contacts or clients, even if it's a past company that you've worked with. I found that by adding number 13, there's been gems as, as I've talked to people where, you know, Delta might've been a client for them or they were, they just sometimes forget key names that they're able to share. So please go get that, that power bio. Um, why it's important is that, one of the most challenging things for individuals to do is to talk about themselves or do you know what some people might consider bragging mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it is the most powerful thing to stand out in the crowd and get people to, to pay attention and, and notice you and i found that in the bio process it really speeds up that you know if you're if you're working with a donor and they want to know who are you and what you're doing and why they should entrust you with their money and they can see that you know this is who you've worked with this is what you've accomplished this is what you stand for it makes it e easier for them to write a check and you're actually not having to talk as much you know and with the media a lot of times they want to know who is this why do i need to pay attention um to this you know to this individual Wow. So with, with your board, uh, especially with, with donations and grants, and I know that's a totally separate topic, um, but it's important. You know, it's like they want to know, even with, with, with media, who is on the board and who is running this organization. And to be able to share and showcase that you've got um, some support of, you know, whether it be big names or support of the, their skill set, that, that this is not just, you know, a whim, if that makes sense. Or if it is just getting started, that you've really um, positioned it with some leaders. Well, you want to position yourself as a professional and what you're giving us are really professional tools. And I, I know sometimes people are bashful about bragging about what they've done but it's just a factual representation of what you stand for. And that way the person on the other end can choose what they want to extract if they want to print some of that. So those are really, really good points. I want to go back to the website of Shannon Grunich, S-H-A-N-N-O-N-G-R-O-N-I-C-H.com and then slash power bio is what it is, backslash power bio. Is that right? Okay. Yes, that's correct. Um, my um, sometimes we have a hiccup in the internet connection, so it, it might be my end, might be your end, but it might I be okay. Recording. Huh? I do know sign language. <laughs> I don't work on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, Russell, what do you think of all this? You've you've spent a lot of time working in the nonprofit sector, and there's so many people that keep things they do a secret. Well, yeah, a lot of them don't want to talk about themselves or they feel like it's bragging or they're a little bit apologetic about it. And so with, with, it's important to talk about what you're doing. 
people want to know what it is that you're doing. They, they're interested. If they're looking at your mission, they want to know what you're doing. And uh, a lot of times in some, some nonprofits, you get social workers, and they're uncomfortable talking about value or or bragging out that it sounds salesy, it sounds marketing, but you, you are marketing. You are marketing and you are presenting an image and you're telling people about what you're doing. And, uh, you know, Bob Proctor talks about it. What's so great about that? Uh, you have to you have to talk about what's great and what people are actually getting at out of it in the terms that mean something to them because it's not about you. So Bob Sircosta. Bob, yes. Bob Sircosta, the whiz cat. Yeah, it was yeah. you read the you had the Bob part right. Yeah. <laughs> I know we know both of them. Um so Russell, you 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 pinged a couple of ideas here. Um and um Russell Dennis and Hugh Blue are interviewing Shannon Grunich. We're broadcasting live on Facebook and we're we're recording the the nonprofit exchange podcast and you can find that on iTunes if you don't already have it and we'd love for you to go and rate this podcast on the iTunes store so Shannon we've we framed this so far at least from my limited perspective we frame this in promoting upcoming events what about continuing to share the important things we're doing, the big successes as a follow-up to an event or as an ongoing communication with the media. Is that any different than, than promoting an event or something coming up? Yeah. Well, and even an event, we, we want to be, there's, there's ways that you want to craft it, but yes, you want to, um, you know, what, what education piece can you contribute? What education piece is your nonprofit? That's, that's the, they're always looking for, um, that that type of information. Also, if there's something in the media that's happening now that you can piggyback on, that can really get you some traction and mileage. You know, is there um, it, it's some? I'm just going to use the example. We had we had one woman uh, tie in the president, you know, Donald Trump, in her article and in her media, and they picked it up and went wild with it. You know, if you're in real estate and the real estate market, something's happening with that trend, you see what's in the media and what people are talking about. And if there is a way to craft a story around what you're, you know, what's happening there, that um, is a great way to get some steam. Is that called newsjacking? Yes. <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You can get some extra buzz, can't you, if you... You, you piggyback on whatever's going on. It could backfire, though, couldn't it? Yeah, you, I'm always real mindful of, you know, um, religion and politics, but don't, don't let that stop you. You know, you just want to be careful. And one thing that you're, you're right, Hugh, because I, what I've noticed about marketing is that 100% of the time they're inaccurate about something. <laughs> <laughs> And so I just had to always be thankful for what I got. I mean, I've had them spell my last name wrong. I've had that, you know, I mean, there's, there's 100% of the time something has been incorrect. Um, and I just, you know, am grateful for it. I have had bad press. Um, I've also worked with people that have had bad press. And I know that, that there's different levels of that. Um, but there's also different ways of twisting that. I mean, one of my bad press stories 
they took a picture of our event road sign, which had our website and our phone number and our company name, and it said, road signs are loitering our town. <laughs> oh, man. So, it was negative news, <laughs> but it was... <laughs> So, and it was a half page photo, so it was really great. Um, I had another friend who came to me, and it, it was really heart and horrible for her what, it, what had happened. Um, she was in a lawsuit, different things were coming up, and she was really nervous about her event and thought, should I, should I not do the event? Is this negative news going to be um, really bad? And they kept writing about her in the paper, and I have to tell you, they even mentioned her event, and her event sold out like a month in advance. So we yeah <laughs> but it, you know she was a woman making a difference in the world she was doing you know her event was around empowering women and and leaving an impact in human trafficking so in spite of her personal drama that was going on she was a woman with purpose and passion and just had to keep focused on her vision and mission you know through doing this and it did turn out to be just incredible for her so getting attention and and getting to what's what the essential message is is the essential message and i well if i'm hearing you also we want to set ourselves apart and define what's so important about what we're doing um that's what russ was talking about the whiz cat i've seen a lot and i've written a lot of bad press releases so give us some of the worst practices and how you would change that you, you've seen some bad ones i'm sure yes um I'm, I'm, well, I, I, people spend thousands of dollars on publicists and then they come to me and say, nothing got picked up. And I look at their, their press release and it's an ad and all it is is selling. So that's the number one mistake is taking a press release and, and selling yourself. If you're paying for advertising or you're paying for an article, that's something that, that would make sense. But a lot of times they don't pick it up if, you know, don't put your logo on the top. Like that, again, is free advertising. And I know people have that style, but I found that if you just put your, you know, the tagline at the very top, keep it, you know, add a number if you can. The one that I said for my event, the tagline was 85 ways to improve your health in six hours or less. We had 85 booths. It was a six hour event. And it was around health. So that was a very creative way. And it, you know, people are like, what is this? It got picked up. So do as much as you can to, to really not market yourself. Also, um, keep it on one page. Keep it simple, double-spaced. Uh, less is more. This concept of more is more. I think is kind of going out the window as a whole in, in life. I found that, that less is more because that gets them saying, wanting to connect and ask questions. Um, and I know this is off of the press release, but you also have to remember that when you're talking with them, because when they're interviewing them or you're picking up the phone and, and they say, tell me about the story. Don't talk to them for 10 minutes. <laughs> like, just give them, a, you know, the, the snippet. Hey, it's, I want to share 85 ways to improve your health in six hours or less. This is a great event. And I think you're, you know, you guys are going to want to know about it. We need our community to know. So less is more in each aspect of this to where they're kind of pulling it out of you. And the less needs to be valuable. So to think about what the essential message is 
And, and back to what Russ said a minute ago, why should they care? We really need to hit with the why piece of this. And um, so these elements are really good. And I, I know, and this goes for social media posting as well. I see people that are just hammering really hard and selling and, and getting some coverage, whether you want people to retweet it or, or share the post, or you want the media to pick it up in their publication. You just, you just can't be arrogant about what you're doing and you can't just press it out there like you're selling them a used car. Um, so that's a, I find that very, very helpful. Um, and, mm -hmm. and the uh, other key piece with the publicity is, um, well, I'm gonna, do you care if I just go through and tell them what the key components are? Please, in the please do. We got, we're about halfway through the interview, okay. so go for it. So, so this is one of the ways that I found that's simple to get millions of dollars in free press. The tagline that sizzles is at the top. Uh, usually in 12 to 14 font, five to seven words. Sometimes it can be a little more and really making that sizzle. A, a way that I've learned to make things sizzle is, is a practice. It's an ongoing practice, not worrying about what's the article going to say, but how do I write a tagline? And so the next time you go into the grocery store, look at Oprah, look at Cosmo, look at these magazines. They've spent billions of dollars in learning how to craft press releases. You know, take a picture and look at them and say, how can I use this in my business? A lot of times it's three strategies, nine tools, how to. Those educational pieces are very easy, but use that to start training your brain to look at what works. Another thing is if you go to HubSpot, if you Google HubSpot um, blog generator, HubSpot blog generator, you can actually put in three nouns and it'll help you come up with catchy titles. Now it's not perfect, you can play with it, but you can get that idea of what's gonna get them to pay attention. So that's the absolute number one most important thing. Then you go into the introduction, which is the second most important thing. And that's where most of the time, Time, I invite people to talk about the challenge or the problem. And it's best if it has stats, um, uh, numbers, and, and references of where you find that information. That is really powerful. That's the, the number one thing I would select. If you cannot, for some reason, identify a problem, then you can quote somebody famous. Paul Pilsner, an economist I've used. Um, uh, Einstein I've seen individuals use. You want it to be relevant and and number one I would say try to lean towards the stats and talking about the challenge. That's usually two to three sentences at the most. Um, real short and sweet again is to get them to go okay let me let me pay attention a little more. Then the second paragraph there's only three paragraphs in this process so intro the second one is the body and at the body you always start with quoting yourself as an expert. And when you quote yourself, it's, it's, a, it's a formula. You know, you, you do beginning quote, states, Hugh Ballou, um, leadership expert, and you know, transformational leadership expert. Now with Hugh, I would put Forbes recognized because guess what? Forbes is a big name. So that's a little different than media magic. You know, they, you, you want to put that big name, but other than that, keep it really general and then end quote. So you're quoting yourself as an expert that's kind of talking about, you know, your statement on that. It's not like a quote like you would do in social media. It's more 
of a um, a statement about what the what what the problem is that you're a solution for, or why it's important to address that. And then you give um, a few more sentences, and this is where it varies because it could be five sentences, it could be seven, because we want to keep it on one page, double space. And that's where you start talking about the solution and, and kind of driving them towards, if it's a solution for stress, um, you might give them one solution. And then in the third paragraph, the call to action could be, go to my website to get this information or go to here to get this information. Do not sell in the press release. Um, it could be number three could be a call to action to the readers, you know, this or the, the publisher, this, this press release is something that can help our community or this information can help our community, or it can be a call to action to the readers, you know, take this information to make your life better or make your nonprofit, um, go to the next level. And then you do at the very bottom, your contact information, phone number, website. Well, <laughs> As, as um, tax-exempt organizations, and I think Russ can weigh in on this with his experience with IRS, we have to be very careful with a call to action because um, um, we're not selling and we, we can be classified as unrelated business income if we're selling a program or something and we have a, a call to action. You, when you advertise or, or do an interview on public radio, public TV, um, they're very restrictive. You can say, for more information, go to. And it's typically to the home page of our organization. So we, as, as charities, we have to be, we have to craft those, uh, those statements, the call to action statement very carefully. Russ, do you have any more, um, any more wisdom on that point? And I just want to say it's actually best to do that whether you're a nonprofit or not. You know, the, the, the more you can stay away from selling any type of thing, the better it is. So thank you for bringing that up as far as the rules with nonprofit. So, Russ, you have some wisdom on that? Thank you, Shannon. Well, as far as call to actions for nonprofits, it's, it's, it's building a good story and, and uh, telling people where they can get more information. You just want to give them more information. Uh, if you can hit them with facts about the problem you solve and, and why those facts are important, that's so much the better. Uh, it, it's like we need to move forward on this. We need to take action to solve this problem. Find out uh, how you can get involved. And you, you sort of leave it at that. But, you know, it's, it's with a nonprofit, you really got to hammer the problem and, and why it's important to the people you're trying to reach. Yeah, Russ has, has noted the, the, the steps that you just went through for the press release in the in the chat box so people that are that are watching can see that uh, on the webinar can see in the chat box those that aren't can come to nonprofitchat.org i encourage people to come there and register to get the notes when you register it'll send you to the archive section so you can get all the history of the uh, the nonprofit exchange um we um we used to do a separate chat and exchange and the chat was uh uh, hashtag nonprofit chat on Twitter, which still goes on and it goes on simultaneously uh, with this live interview. But we found that we wanted to incorporate more energy into one event. So the interviewing experts like this and providing worthy information uh, brings a whole lot of value. So we're, we're targeting nonprofit nonprofits, um, but this works for businesses too, Shannon. I don't think there's anything I've heard that wouldn't work for a business publicity, right? That's correct. So, um, 
thinking about um, some of the things you've talked about before, um, the, the elements of the press kit, is there somewhere on your site that people can get that checklist for the press kit? Um, it might be in one of my blogs, but I'm not certain. Okay. But I'm happy to read it real quick. And then Russ, I see that somebody. Uh, I want to see if Russ can grab those those five. Can you, Russ, real quick? I think you may have before. But go ahead, Shannon. Give us those five because I think it's worth repeating. And and the, some people call it a media kit, the press kit. I think, and, and if I understood, you're doing a physical kit that you can mail or deliver to somebody in, uh, that's, that's hard copy, right? Uh, um, so I actually do something, I, I have it on my website, so I have a media, you know, access um, to different radio shows, things I've done in the past when we talk about um, showcasing what you've done in the past, either things that you've participated in or written about you having those there are great I, I do like to have something there are environments that we go into like CEO space where it is nice to have something that's in a um, folder or you know can include a disk of, of you being being available but most of it I put on website or I send in an email for that initial contact got it got it so the so essential things in the press kit are uh, the expert power bio, uh -huh. the press release, mm -hmm. company pieces, company pieces like your, 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 your brochure, ah. cards, flyers about the event, anything regarding your company, All right. action photos, action photos, people doing stuff. Yep. Uh, sample media that you've done anything that you participated in, and then articles or clippings about you. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Was that too fast for us? And as a nonprofit, if you have a fancy annual report or there's things that you have, you know, I would consider the annual report, some of them seen as a company piece that a nonprofit has that you, you can include in that, or I would say that's including in that. It would occur if you send an email, you could put a link to that on the website if it's a lengthy report. Sometimes they are. So the reporter could go and search that out. Um, <clears throat> so part of what um, you ran by before, um, you put, I'd like you to say more about the title because I find that the title can make a huge amount of difference. So you, you mentioned a way to come up with snazzy titles. I usually use the Google uh, keywords tool and I put in what I think is a good title and it gives me other keywords around that helps me think about some other words that maybe I didn't think about. But you mentioned another, you mentioned using a HubSpot and they've got a, a blog title generator tool. Yeah, that's really great. And just as you're out looking around, seeing what's there, but I, I think, you know, what I found are, are numbers are the most powerful. That gets people to, to know, okay, there's a system here. This is synchronized. Um, this is simple. There's an ending, I guess, is what I want to say. So for some reason, numbers, if you can tag, tie that into your taglines, um, that is the, the best. And looking at how-tos, one, my personal human interest was, um, I sent it smaller, but they ended up printing paralyzed woman heals with ancient Chinese exercise. So 
incorporating how you over, overcome adversity. If you're doing charity work and you have an impact on a family or you have an impact in your mission, um, you can tie that into the tagline. Speaking about but results. I didn't say. Yeah. Yes. You didn't say what? I don't say any names. Like um, some individuals will say, you know, like I wouldn't say Hugh Ballou's coming to Melbourne. This is how a lot of people write press releases. I would say Forbes recognized um, transformational leadership specialist coming to Florida or Ford recognized leadership specialist coming to Melbourne. So I wouldn't mention your name because the name isn't going to mean anything in the title, but the Forbes would. Got it. Got it. This is a gold mine of very, very useful information, Shannon. So let's give the name of your book again. Okay. And then, and then Robert Green has a question on Facebook. I want to answer if he's still with us because I love Robert and I know you do too. I put you two together. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> so you can get the book at shannongronich.com or on Amazon. You can send in the receipt or if you do it on my website, you get it right away. And I give you Jay Abraham's um, ghostwriters training on copywriting. It's copywriting secrets and it's shannongronich.com media magic. Uh, attract limitless PR radio and print publicity. I don't know if I'm remembering the name in the right order, but media yeah. magic. It was a while ago. Yeah, that you on. <laughs> oh, there it is. There we go. Instantly get radio <laughs> to give you limitless publicity. Thank you, Russell. There we are. <laughs> Russell's that's a, a yeah. That's a testimony right there for you. He's a well-read man. Yeah. One of my favorite things in the book that a lot of individuals talk about is I've actually given um, power words. And these power words uh, are really groovy, especially around putting together your power bio, because it gets you to think of things like, um, you know, has created, articulated, developed, all of those verbs that are very action results oriented. Um, and I, there's hundreds of them. I alphabetize them and then I have a few extra ones, but that, that right there, a lot of people say, I have that tagged. I look at it all the time. Um, and it's a great, great resource. Outstanding. Outstanding. Um, so Russell, um, of course you've read that book, right? I have, I have, I've read it. I've highlighted a few pieces and look through it again and it's always good to, to remind myself when I get stuck for, for action words in the blog post, this is right here in my office. So I remember Shannon's action words. I just grab it and flip open to the page. You know, so you can say the same thing with several different words. Oh my but God. It's those actions that you get out of uh, one of the mistakes I see a lot of nonprofit leaders make is when writing things, particularly grants, they do it in very passive language. And that was a habit that I had for a long time. But when you when you're using that passive language, it doesn't convey the message as quickly and as succinctly. So you want to use these action words in, in grants, especially when you're quantifying your results or quantifying how you're gonna uh, measure what you're doing, you want action words. And when you're talking about what you've accomplished, you want these action words to stand out. We we have the, the number of people who are on food stamps, for example. 
So you want to have those action words there so that they're operative and available to people. And in the press release, they, they won't, they won't actually, it has to be short, it has to be snap. And Russell's is get them the So do you, Russell, find that when you're submitting a grant, and I want to make sure we get to Robert Green's question, because he did say, thanks, Shannon, he is watching. Do you find that, and Robert can even answer this question, that they, um, when you're submitting a grant that press releases, or not press releases, but um, them knowing that they've gotten media exposure, do you ever submit where they've been in the media and publicity with grant proposals? Well, it depends on what the what the uh, what the request for proposal asks for. But if you've been highlighted or featured, that's always a, a piece to add to your credibility. Okay. And in those bios for board members and, and that type of thing, the important things that you put in there are this: these are the things we've done. And if you've got those numbers with results for things that you've done in the past with other projects that go into that, that's that's pretty powerful. It adds to the credibility. So you have that in your in your press kit. And that would be another thing I would add in the nonprofit press kit. Who's funded you, who you've worked with, who you've partnered with, what results you've managed to get with other programs or similar programs, especially if you're following up with something that you've done. Now let's take it to the next level or have people come back to learn more about it. Really good advice, and that that whole thing, um, Russ, about passive, the passive language. Um, Russ is a gifted writer, as you might guess, so he pays attention to those things. And there's a there's a huge difference in how people are going to receive it. So, Shannon, what is this question that's been lingering out there? So, Robert Green with Think Global, Start Local. Um, he says, I'm on a mission to inspire people to do more planned giving to support nonprofits in general mm. and one in particular. This is a sophisticated proposition. Um, this is really about shifting people from being considered donors into meaningful donors. Is this something I can craft into a well-written press release or a story? Absolutely, Robert. I see a few different angles with that. And one is um, the education piece of letting people know the benefits of that. Um, there's a few different benefits of the impact that they're having. There's other benefits um, that could be tax benefits, you know, thinking about this, the education piece of the benefits. Uh, also, if there's any stories, uh, meaningful stories that can be crafted around this of individuals that have done the meaning, meaningful donation. So, yes, there's, there's probably a number of angles that you can, you can take with that press release. So um, thank you, Robert, for that, that really good question. That's a very good question. And, and sometimes the donations are like a sympathy card. Um, what we want to do, and that, that paradigm shift that he's, he's suggesting is so important. We want um, meaningful supporters that make meaningful donations. And I think what, what, what people want to know is what's going to happen as a result of my donation. And you, you referenced it when you said, what's the impact of the work that you do? And Russ talked about it when he said um, earlier on, the, the why, the why piece. You know, I keep going back to that. If, if you have a why piece, you know, why do people need this? 
and then to couple it with the impact, and then you quote yourself and others in your organization, then they know you've got the leadership ability with you and your team to actually accomplish it. And so there's, there's also a rhythm of, of getting information out, Shannon, isn't there? You want to be, be covered on a regular basis so that the cumulative impact is, is stronger than a one-time release. Yeah, so that this is where um, if if I could leave individuals with anything is scheduling this as part of your operations mm. because it is um, a meaningful and worthwhile and impactful way, and especially if you're a nonprofit where you're 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 struggling, you don't have much of a marketing budget, or if you're I tell people if you're spending anything on marketing right now incorporate this free publicity piece because you can actually expand your marketing dollars even beyond that. So, um, you know, hopefully my story of taking an event from 500 to 2000 will show you the value of putting time and energy into this, you know, thousands, I've had millions, but I've had thousands of dollars in one particular project and publicity and and am able to turn that into some great things. So please look at this as part of your operation and part of your plan is, is getting that, that coverage on a regular basis and getting that out there. Cause it takes, you know, sometimes you get it and they say, Oh, it's not going to work and you have to tweak the tagline and it takes a little bit of work, even as an expert that's done it all the, you know, a number of times most of the time I nail it now because I've really got that but as you're learning to do this um, you know you're building relationships and you're you're moving things forward but yes you should be every week spending a little bit of time of getting yourself out there it's free why not <laughs> I want to invite people on this call to go and check out nonprofit performance magazine it's nonprofitperformance.org and we do a whole bunch of useful articles. And the, the next edition is going to be on boards. So, Shannon, if we um, wanted to craft a press release on a new board member or the importance of the people on our board, is, that would seem to be newsworthy. If we've got really high-value people that are in organization and they're doing good work. So uh, speak a minute about that. It seems self-serving or, 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 or kissing up to people. But in the other sense, it's really um, celebrating. Here's a, here's a person that has a lot of, a lot of connections and a lot of value to the community and they're putting the value into the work that we're doing as a charity. So is there a press release piece around new board members or new board initiatives to celebrate the power of the board that we have? Yes, absolutely. And I would try to, you know, try in your press release to keep it as singular focused. And, and if you can do, you know, if you have six people on your board, look at doing something individually, but a new board member would be a, a, a welcoming and, and again, um, focusing on what their expertise is that they're bringing to the table. If they are somebody like Hugh Ballou, who's been in Forbes, <laughs> you can you can name drop. Um, <laughs> um, Shamelessly at that. I love it. I love it. Well, it's true. I mean, you're just such a prime example of when you've had certain levels of accomplishment that are that are internationally recognized. Those are opportunities to name drop and leverage that with your with your board. So again, it's telling the story. We're we're welcome 
welcoming this new person. Here's what they're bringing to the table um, and quoting them. That's a place where you can quote them of what they're, you know, what's the impact they're going to be leaving here. And the quotes are real short and sweet. You know, it's not, it's one sentence with you in the middle. Love it, love it, love it. So once you think about a, a parting thought, you give us one, but maybe there's another hit tip or, or, or thought you want to leave us with. And I want to encourage people to go to nonprofitchat.org and sign up so they can get updates about the past uh, interviews and the upcoming interviews. We, uh, we've had a series of really useful interviews like this that it's stuff that people can take home and actually do something with. So Shannon, you've given us some very useful stuff in this interview. Thank you so much. And it will, it'll be live on social media on the video, but it'll be part of uh, the Nonprofit Exchange podcast. And I'd like to invite people again to go on the iTunes store and review the Nonprofit Exchange podcast because that'll help us get ratings and be able to share it with more people. As we're, as we're winding down and wrapping up this hour, which has gone way too fast, um, what's a parting tip or thought that you'd like to leave people with? Um, I just want to share one of the biggest transformations that I see in this media kit process, and that's the, the power of the expert power bio. Um, I did give you the 12-step power bio at shannongranich.com forward slash power bio. Uh, going through this process and, and creating that, I've seen this, um, for me personally, be able to get wages like an attorney, you know, uh, uh, paid like an attorney. It's, I've seen individuals um, get speaking gigs that they didn't necessarily get. The, the expert power bio is usually one of the first places that I start with people because it has the greatest impact on the results that we have in multiple areas of the nonprofit. So when you're talking to donors, when you're talking to media, when you're looking at proposals or agreements. So if you don't have that, you know, put energy and time on that because right now there's, again, thousands of dollars of publicity waiting with for your name on it. There's stages waiting for you. There's radio interviews waiting for you. They just need to know who you are and why they want to pay attention. Wise words. Russ, thank you as always for being so diligent and capturing the, the sound bites that matter. And Shannon, thank you for sharing your wisdom with uh, the nonprofit world. And we uh, will we'll push this out right away so people will be able to listen. Awesome. Thank you, Hugh, for your work. I can't say enough of how grateful I am and, and all the lives, again, that you've touched in my world and at our events. And um, he was on our executive team, so he's just a rock star. Thank you, Hugh. And thank you, Russell. I love you, too. You're awesome. Good to see you again. Great to see you again. I love this. And like I said, this is in my office. Kind of shameless promote. It's best to let your friends recommend you, Shannon. That's why I'm doing that. Russell has got media magic in his hand. That's a good place to say goodbye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.